Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. I got a bonus round, a couple bonus rounds here for you this morning, so uh, buckle up. No. <laughs> um, this picture just uh, occurred to me. I know whenever we get excited about worship, there's certainly people here that are like, what are they so excited about? <laughs> or maybe you've never been into a worship service where people get excited in worship. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm not trying, I'm not judging anybody's worship here. I wasn't watching, my eyes are closed. Um, but it occurred to me, so this last week, Wednesday, I did something for the first time, maybe the last time, that I've ever done before. I went to a hockey game. Not just any hockey game. It was a Seattle Kraken versus the Toronto, wait, excuse me, Vancouver Canucks. I've never watched a hockey game before in my life. You know, first quarter when the, when the, when the, uh, the Seattle, I don't know. But like when the guy had the other guy and was punching him in the face over and over, I thought there was, might be something to this game. Anyway, what does that have to do with worship? There was an interesting, interesting phenomenon. If you know the, the Canucks, the people who, the Vancouver Canuck people are weird, right? Really, any sport fan is weird, okay? Here's what would happen. Anytime the Canucks would get close to, to even shooting a goal, you would hear this energy in the room go like this, and, and if, boom, if it was blocked, they'd be like, oh, there'd be this huge letdown. And when it did go in, it was, there was like, ah, people are screaming, hugging each other. Um, I'm wearing my Canucks jersey, and it was a sweatshirt that I got at Costco, because I'm like, Kraken, what do I know? Again, I am not a hockey guy. And so even when, like, I'm, I'm rooting for the Kraken because they're from Seattle, whatever, and they won, by the way, um, and they would score a goal, and I'm like, yeah, cool, um, because I don't follow the team, right? I, I might follow more. Here's what I'm trying to say. If you've never experienced an excitement in worship, I wanna, I'm not here to condemn you, but I am here to instruct you, follow the team a little bit closer, like, study, study the word a little bit more. Encounter the person of Jesus. Because think of what, whatever you're the number one fan of, whether it's baseball, football, uh, the great British baking show, I don't know, you pick a contestant. Or when your kid is on the court playing a sport, you're like this whenever it, something is about to happen. Oh, and when it's good, you're like, woo! And if your favorite contestant gets voted off, you're like, oh, because you care. Why do we get excited in worship? Because we've been following this Jesus who saved us and we're, we are like number one fans. You know what I'm saying? And so when the spirits move, we're like, oh yes, we get excited. And so my invitation to you, if worship doesn't hit right with you, you don't know what, follow Jesus. Seek into him a little bit more. Find out more about him. Make him your favorite team. And see what happens next time you go to a rally in his name. And really, that's what we do here. We are rallying together in the name of Jesus Christ. To worship him alone, to make him known. Go, Kraken! I mean, go, Jesus! 
So get excited. It's okay. We, we allow you to get excited here. All right, that's your bonus round. Next bonus round. Um, you may have noticed uh, on your way in, I left the, the tent up. Um, if you were not here last week, we started talking about the Feast of Tabernacles as described in the scripture, yes, in your Bible. Uh, and uh, it is the time where um, the Israelites, even to this day, you go, you build a temporary shelter, you live in it, you eat in it for the week. It's a big celebration. It's a reminder of how God took care of you when you were intent intense walking through the wilderness. He, the, it's a reminder of his provision at the harvest, his protection, his, uh, his, all of these wonderful things. It's a reminder to us that life is short in these tents called our bodies too. Okay, Technically, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles ended Friday night at sundown. Now, you may not have known this, but there's actually an eighth day to the feast. In fact, let me read you the scripture on it real quick. Um, it is in Numbers 29, 35. It says this, On the eighth day, hold a closing special assembly and do no regular work. It's kind of like, on the eighth day of this, it's the most, it's the most exciting feast of the year, on the eighth day, hold a closing ceremony. And it means hold over one more day for the party. Uh, Shemini Atzeret, uh, is, is what you would call it. Shemini mean, comes from the Hebrew word for the eighth, and atzeret means to hold back or remain. So essentially in Deuteronomy, it's saying, after the feast, hold on for one more day. Do it one more day. Like, it's just too good to stop. And now in Israel today, it, it, it's a big deal. Uh, and they also, they also call it, I wrote, I wrote this down too this morning, um, simchat Torah, which, means, which literally means the joy in the word. They're celebrating the word of God and, and the joy that it brings. And it's a big deal. Um, in fact, it was on this eighth day of the festival, on the great day, is when Jesus stood up in, on the Temple Mount and he said this. He announced to everybody, come to me all you who are thirsty. Right? He's like, I'm the Messiah. I will give you living water to flow from within. Okay? I say all this, we have been talking about this um, but I want to do, maybe it's something a little awkward today, but if you were not following the news at all, yesterday Hamas launched the biggest attack on Israel. Um, and it wasn't just shooting rockets out of the Gaza. They were, they were flying drones in from the sea. They, 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 from to, de to now, I know it's at least 300 Israelis have been killed. Um, and it's like 500? Yeah. So the, the, the 600, do I hear 700? I, it keeps going up. Now, you, you may think, well, that's not a big deal. But if you, if you consider the population, that's as many or more as were killed on 9-11. It's a 9-11 style event. Um, and, and, uh, and it was chosen specifically on this great day of celebration, of the joy of the word, where, where the hand present, it'd be like waking up on Christmas morning to an attack. That's essentially what you can compare it to. Um, and I thought it would be really appropriate if we stood together and prayed for the peace of Jerusalem today. Um, so if you stand with me. Um, this day of joy and celebration, but also the somber realization that, you know, life is temporary here on earth. We need the eternity. And, and what we want to pray specifically, obviously, is for peace. But Lord, we also ask that the Prince of Peace would be made known in Israel today. Uh, not just to the Israelis, but to the Palestinians. To Lord, you're, you're not a respecter of people, Lord, but you are the Prince of Peace. And so, 
Father, we know we, we don't fully understand all the prophetic goings on and what this means, but Father, we know that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by the name of Jesus Christ. And so we pray, would you intervene, would you bring peace, would you bring uh, the Holy Spirit outpouring to the nation of Israel today, that, that uh, oh, I see it, and I believe it, and I ask it in the name of Jesus, and we all say, amen, amen. 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 I, I, I am not intelligent enough to uh, weave in and out all the prophetic goings on and what this means and all of that, but I do know the mandate is to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I do know that it holds a special place in the Lord's heart and in mine, and I would just encourage you to, to follow that. All right. Now, let's move on to the uh, regular round. Um, we started, uh, we've been in this series called um, The Joy Set Before Us. Um, and if you haven't, you haven't been here, you can catch up. They're all available online. Last week, we talked about the joy of testing, right? Uh, we talked about, when we talk about trials, temptations, testing, it actually all means the same thing. It's a test. It's to see, to see something. Like, when you are tempted, it's actually a test. When Jesus was sent into the wilderness to be tempted, the word actually said he was tested. The devil was like, I want to see how far I can push this guy. And Jesus concluded by saying, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And so the test was over. I, uh, I, 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 I arm wrestled John Steele. I came this close to winning. The illustration was like, John, John has been doing his test prep a lot more than me. He takes test prep for that a lot more serious than me. So when it comes time to the actual test, he's not worried about it. So I thought it would be good to uh, have a rematch this morning. So if I could get Jay Steele to come up here. J J it's the initials. A Steele versus Jay Steele. Um, here we go. Jane, get up here, all right? You ready for this, Jane? You know, John's not here to protect it. Are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, you're too cute. I'll let you in. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. Give her a hand. I'm going to wear the belt home today. Victory in Jesus. Test prep gives you peace in the test. In fact, what did we, what did we say? This is just review. But one of the, one of the verses that, that we showed you last week was 2 Corinthians 13, 5, where it says, examine. It's the same word to test. Perizzo, test yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. So we're called to put ourselves on trial from time to time. We're called to do the test prep, to do the curls and do that so that when test time comes, you know the only tests you're excited about are the ones you've studied for and you're ready for. And you're like, slide that number two pencil my way because I'm about to throw down on this test. And when, you, when you're hitting everything, you're like, I know this, I know this. There is a joy that comes in the testing, right? But we've all been in the situation where it's slid in front of you, like, oh, no. I did not study for this. I forgot it was today. What are you doing to me? And there's only dread the entire time. Am I the only one who's never, who's did? Okay, well, there's three of us that didn't study for a test once. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. 
Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and not lacking anything. If you're going through a trial, a temptation, a test, congratulations. I'm not kidding. Congratulations. You are in the step for an upgrade. Like, this is your moment to go to the next level. So if it's like, oh, this is my opportunity. Now, it's full of dread if you're like, I, did, I, was, I have not been studying. I have not been spending time with the Lord. And so now all I am is scared and in dread because of this test. But the, 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 the word also gives us the promise that no temptation, no test, will, will come against us. He will always provide a way out when the test comes so that you, you will be able to stand. Do your reps, do your reps, do your reps, all right? Because here's the thing. We're talking about, oh, I, I'm, pursu- I'm going after the joy set before you. You will never have joy if you don't trust the Lord. And testing leads to trusting. And trusting leads to joy. Testing leads to trusting. Because here's the thing. I study for that test. I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm, now I'm ready. They slide it my way. I take that test. I hand it in. The A comes back. I'm all of a sudden boosted. I'm like, oh, I got this. Algebra, no problem. Because I passed the test. Or if you're, getting, you're, you're, you're studying for a licensing of some kind, you, oh, I'm studying so hard. They pass, oh, you are given so much confidence when that test ends because you know what? I, do, I, I studied. I passed. I'm good to go. Testing leads to trusting, and you never get to the, all the way to peace and joy if you don't trust. If you don't trust the pilot of the airplane, you will be full of anxiety the entire flight. And part of the tests are, I don't think the pilot would do this, but he's like, watch this, do a barrel roll or something, unless he was insane. But in that, like, do you trust the pilot? If you trust the pilot, the barrel roll can be a lot of fun. You don't trust the pilot, you want to destroy him when the flight is over. <laughs> Tests and exams are great. They're opportunities for pure joy. It's like, it's like you're going, if you're going through it right now, your tank is, is being filled if you will pass the test. If you'll stand through it. If you will trust through it. If you will, if you will keep doing those curls. And you will say, Lord, I, even, even though I feel slayed right now, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. And every time you say, I will trust in you, the peace that passes understanding starts filling that tank. That tank is so necessary. Because there will come another trial. There will come another test. And, 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 and if I have my tank full of joy and peace and trust, the next test that comes, I'm like, slide it my way. I got this. It gives you confidence. Tests lead to trust. And this is what I want to focus on today, is testing leading to trust. I, uh, a few years ago when we, when we bought our house, I, uh, I, I was kind of, I was nervous. I wasn't sure if we you know, had, had the right amount of money for the down payment. I wasn't sure, how was this, was it all going to work out by, the, by closing day with, with, uh, with the lending and all of that? Was I going to get to closing? And, and I was experiencing some anxiety over it. Um, and uh, and I, I, I remember I met with my lender and he, he just could tell. He could tell I was anxious and that I was, I was not at peace with all this. And, and he looks at me, he's like, listen, he's like, 
I have, I've looked at your finances. I know your down payment. I know, and he says, you've got this. He's like, you, you've got this. This is a slam dunk. This is not, and then we sat there in the hallway of his business and he prayed with me. Well, what was he doing this? He's like, I have examined you. I have tested your financial ability to be in this house. I have tested all the aspects of your down. You've got this. And I was filled with peace because now I, I trusted. I'd been tested and it led to trust. If you're going through it today, and here's the thing, oftentimes when somebody looks at you and you're going through it and they're like, hey, you've got this, God is good, and you're like, yeah, it's easy for you to say now, right? Have you ever been going through something and, the, and, the, and somebody else is like, Yo, oh, we'll pray for you, bless you, you've got this, God's good, and you're like, easy for you to say. Can I tell you that when somebody is saying that to you, how dare you assume they've never been through it before? Like, like, they're saying this out of, a, out of a confidence and they know who their Savior is. And when somebody says that, if you want to receive a blessing, believe them and just say, okay, thank you. Because what they're trying to do is bless you in the name of Jesus and give you the confidence and let you share in the trust that they've developed with their Savior. And praise the Lord, there are a lot of people that have been longer and further in the faith than you and me. And it would do us well to listen to them when they say, it's okay. God's got you. You will make it through this. I don't even need to need their whole story. If somebody says that to me, it's going to be good. God's going to be good. You know what? You know what mine is? The yes and amen. Well, amen. I receive that in Jesus' name. Because we need that peace. We need that peace. Do we need peace? Then learn to trust. Confess your trust in Jesus. Trust, trust, trust. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the Savior. Listen, that, that song is not blowing smoke. There is a sweetness if you choose to trust. You, but to choose to trust, you have to, okay, I, I'm not going to be in control of every situation, but if I, if I trust the Lord, I can have peace that passes understanding, and I can have joy that strengthens me. As we said last week, you don't need joy when the trial is over. You need it right now in the middle of it, right? Amen? Trust in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. A couple, couple of, of stories that uh, I'll share these aren't my biggest trials or temptations ever, but they'll, they'll serve the point. A um, few weeks ago, my, my wife's Instagram, it was Instagram was hacked, right? Now, she has this email account that she never, ever checks. And when, when you're getting hacked, they send you these, comp these emails to see if that's really you. And if you don't answer them in a certain amount, then they can go to the next step of hacking your account. And so she hadn't checked this, and she got all the way to the, she lost complete control of her Instagram account. So if you received a wonderful message from her about a Bitcoin, you know, or the wonderful car she won, and so, like, that wasn't her, but uh, enjoy that anyway. But here's the thing. So, so when I got hold of this, like, I'm trying to cancel the account, right? I'm like, 
uh, reported spam. So, and it just was like, sorry, you can't do that unless you confirm this email. Well, they had gone in and changed the confirmation email. And, and it, no, this seems silly, but it, it, it filled me with this dread, this sense of powerlessness, right? And I'm like frantically going and trying to change every password I can think of for my bank accounts, for my emails. Because I'm like, I, I, I have no control in this situation. Now, I was able to find that person's new email because it was in the thread and her uh, a Hotmail account. And I'm like, oh, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Now, everybody say, I pre, I pre-forgive Pastor Andy. Because I, 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 was, I, was, I was feeling powerless, I was angry, and so I, I shot off this email, not from my church account, <laughs> and I said this, I know where you live, and you're going to get it, send. <laughs> and I didn't know where this person lives, <laughs> but I'm like, that'll make, they'll, they'll experience the dread I'm, and they, and they just said, they responded, okay. <laughs> and so... And it did not alleviate my dread. Or my, or my, and so I'm like, what can I do? Like, I'm still panicking. I'm still, and so I, I start, I'm like, I look up the top 15 uh, websites that spam you. And I signed this person up for everything. <laughs> I, I'm like, I signed them up for the Donald Trump support group. I signed them up for Twitter. I signed them up for the Publishers Clearinghouse, everything. I'm just, I'm just going through and I'm like, ha, 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 ha. And, and in all of it, I... I <laughs> You pre-forgave me, all right? What was happening? I was experiencing dread and hopelessness, and I was trying to gain control. I was trying to gain an upper hand. And the Lord was just, like, when I finally got to a peaceful moment, I just felt him say to me, do you not trust my wages? Do you not trust my ability to take care and protect and avenge and give people what deserve or protect you beyond that? Because what I was trying to do is take control so I could have peace rather than saying, Lord, I need you. I trust, I trust, I trust in you. Galatians 6, 7 says this, do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you sow. Now, do I trust that that person, like, obviously, the Christian thing is to be like, well, I just pray they'll find Jesus. But, and that is a good prayer. But the truth is, if they don't, they will harvest something nasty out of what they've done. Do I trust that? Yes, I want them to find Jesus. But do I trust that God's justice cannot be mocked? A man reaps what he sows. If you sow into your sinful nature, you're going to reap from that nature destruction. If you sow into righteousness, you will, sow, you will receive that. Do I not trust him? Romans 6.23 says, says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Look, I am so happy that I am not going to receive the wages of my sin anymore. I've been given a gift. The only way not to reap a harvest of your sin is to be forgiven and come to Jesus Christ. And then it's not you earning anything, it's a gift of salvation. And so I would also encourage you, if you're here today and you've never come and received the forgiveness of your sins in the name of Jesus, you should do that quickly. Because there is a harvest for sin, and it's death and destruction. 
Do not be misled. Do not, God does not mock. A man reaps what he sows. So, even though, here's the good news. You ready for some good news? Uh, even though I failed the, the uh, hacking test, with, like, I, I, I did it all wrong, I failed that test. The good news is, even in a failed test, you, if you learn, there's blessing. And there's repentance. I'm like, Father, I'm, I, I honestly, like, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't trust you in this. And again, getting hacked is not a huge deal, but to me, in that moment, it was a big deal. So a few days later, I think it was just even the next day, I like to run up, run, run a few days a week, but uh, I got this picture here. Uh, if you'll throw that up for me, Joe. The, uh, not the, the, yeah, that's the one. So this is my route. I run on Willie's Lake Road. There's a beautiful sunset. Somebody hucked their couch into the ditch. May not seem like a big deal to you, but stuff like this has traditionally triggered my anger. <laughs> because I, I'm like, what a selfish so-and-so. Like, the lady, I, if I could just get a hold of them, I would take that couch and, you know. And so I'm running and I see that, and, and, uh, and I see that couch, and those, of course, those things are like that lazy, and I just felt, the Lord, do you not trust my wages? And so I made a choice in that moment. I'm like, Okay, Lord, I trust you. I, I realize this is not my fight. This, I, don't, I couldn't even track these people down if I wanted to. But Father, I trust. that. I, and I ask you to get a hold of their hearts. Father, I do trust your wages that you are the one who will pay. And it's not my job. And I'm telling you the peace that I received for that confession rather than the now how can I sign this person up for a million spam emails. It's a different peace. It is a, it is a joy-filled, peace-filled, because I've confessed trust, and now my tank is filled, and I can go to bed and sleep in peace because I trust the Lord. How can I, how can I know? Here's how you can tell people who, who have been through the ringer and passed the test. This may, this may not, I'll explain it to you, but it may not seem to make sense initially. Here's how you can tell people who have been through it, been through the valley of the shadow of death, and passed the test. They are the most generous people you'll meet. They're the most generous people with their money, with their time, dealing with other people. They don't get offended easily. They give people generous interpretations, like they're not easily offended. They're like, well, they certainly didn't mean all that about what, what they said. They are, they're generous in everything. You can recognize people who failed the, the, the valley of the shadow of death as well, because they're stingy, selfish, easily offended, and assume the worst in others because they feel like they have to continue to hang on to control. One of the lessons in the valley of the shadow of death is letting go and, letting, and just trusting the Lord to take care of you, to pay your wages, to, to, uh, to give you the harvest, to take care of uh, the things that are coming against you. And so you walk through that successfully on the other end. You're like, well, I've been given freely. Of course, I'm going to be generous with other people because they're probably going through it right now. You can always tell. I look at the example of... Uh, the, the, a gal in the scriptures who had been through it. The Bible calls her a poor widow, which means she was a lady whose husband had died and she didn't have, he didn't leave her with anything. Like, she didn't have family taking care of her clearly because she was a poor widow. 
She'd been through the ringer, and yet Jesus encounters her. In fact, he doesn't even talk to her. He just notices her. And he says this. I'll read it to you in Mark 12, 44. It says this. Jesus was sitting in the temple near the offering box and watching people put in their gifts. He noticed that many rich people were giving a lot of money. Finally, a poor widow came and, in, and put in two coins worth only a few pennies. Jesus told his disciples to gather around him. Then he said, I'll tell you that this poor widow has put more in than all the others. Everyone else gave what they didn't need. But she was very poor and gave everything she had. Now she doesn't have anything to live on but trust. And I read that, and this is in the CEV version, uh, and and it just convicted me because I was like, when when did the last time I gave something I actually needed? Like, I set up my tithe, and I've learned to live. I don't even need that. Of course I give that. But this woman gave, like, and so Jesus is like, these people are given stuff they don't even need. This woman's given something she desperately needed. She'd been through it. She had only one person to trust, and that was the Lord. And that was her confession, and that was her choice. When's the last time you gave something you needed to the Lord? And I'm not just talking about into the offering box. I'm talking about in your time. I'm talking about in, 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 in your energies, in your efforts, and all of those things. And I understand, because the pushback here is like, well, what about self-care? I've got to take care of me. I've got to take care of my mental peace. Great! I'm not saying don't do that. But if all you're doing is hiding behind your self-care and mental peace because you don't want, actually want to give something you need of your time and efforts and energy, you're hiding behind an excuse. And so, yes, and. Yeah, you, there, is, there is the ability to just give and give and give, and you've got, you're just a train wreck. But when prompted by the Holy Spirit, do you say no because I think I need that? When's the last time we gave? Are we generous? That's part of the fruit of going through the valley. And there is a joy in generosity that you don't experience through stinginess. Amen? Proverbs 11.24 says this, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. People curse those who hoard their grain, but they bless the one who sells in time of need. Trust in the Lord. This is like, this isn't a financial message, but there is, there is one test we're allowed to put God through, and that is with their finances. Like, you're not supposed to put God through the test, yet then he says, he says, bring the whole tithe into, storage, into the storehouse. Test me in this. Give it a try. See how that'll work. It's one of, the, one of the ways you learn to trust the Lord. It's just like kindergarten way to learn to trust the Lord. And then you make the confession when, when the other things start, like, come against you. Like, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give of my heart, my time, my, my, my energy, all of these things. Do you trust the Lord? Uh, let's do this in a non-rhetorical way. Do you trust the Lord? Okay. Luke 6, 38 says this. If you give to others, you will be given the full amount in return. Listen to this. It will be packed down, shaken together, and spilling over into your lap. The way you treat others is the way you will be treated. 
There, there is this, this uh, did it not show up on there? That's fine. Here's what I'm going to do. I need my volunteers to come up here. Um, in fact, I'll set this here. We're going to do a little analogy here. All right. Here was what I have. Bag of Lay's potato chips. Now, what is the famous thing that potato chips are known for? Like, like most of the bag is gone. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do, everybody grab a bag. We are going to see how many Lay's potato chips, how many bags of Lay's potato chips we can actually fit into one bag when they are shaken together, pressed down, taken. So give us some time here. I've asked these guys, I want you to, uh-oh. Tony, could you come back in this? I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm not sure how many bags. I haven't done this before. But our traditional measure of a bag of potato chips is a little stingy. All right? All right. Who's, who's, who's ready? Who's got theirs nice and... I got one bag here. Come on up. You go for it. We'll just... All right. Go ahead. Nice, nice. All right, let's press it together, shake it up. That's two bags, all right. Next. All right, we'll bring yours next. Luckily, we have three church vacuums, so we'll be all right. Okay, Brighton, you're up. Anything off the floor, you got to eat. You know that, right? All right, we're good. Oh, no, we didn't get it. Okay, we're good. Press it together. Oh, how many are we at? This is four bags in one. All right, keep going. Lays, if you're watching, we know what you've done. <laughs> we got to shake it together. Press down, pouring out. All right, keep going. This isn't rocket science, Maisie. All right. All right, next. Press down. Sh oh, shaking together. Here we go. Perfect, perfect. Oh, we still got lots of room in here. Yes. Press down, shaking together. All right, give them a hand. You guys can have a seat. Maybe later, all right. I'm not sure how many more we could fit in, but I still have more space. Here's the illustration. When the Lord says that you will be given a full amount in return, it will be packed down, shaken together, spilling over. And he says this, the measure you use when dealing is the measure you're going to get back. Are you a regular Lay's bag of potato chips? Or are you a godly bag of potato chips? Like, we got, we got, a, we got a clear choice here today. I'm going to have uh, Kaylee come up. It's going to spill everywhere. <laughs> the next step is to eat them all in front of you. No. Um, we're going to sing. 
together one more time, but here's our, here's our challenge and my call to you. Do you trust the Lord? Are you dealing generously with, with the Lord, as generously as he's dealt with you? Do you need peace? Do you need joy? Then today we are going to confess that we trust you, Lord. I also want us to, to spend some time, Lord, where can I be generous? Where are you calling me to show your kind of generosity? Lord, if there's anywhere that I have become stingy in my life and I'm not, I'm not showing people who you are, Father, I want to show who you are. So if you'll stand with me. We're going to sing this together before we conclude. Let this be a time. Oh, Father, we trust you. We trust you. trust the shepherd today the sheep don't trust the shepherd they're going to be pretty scared in the field at night
the trustworthy one. And listen, nobody, no thing can take peace away from you because you have the Prince of Peace in you. So the only, re only way you get peace taken from you is if you give it freely away. So the next time you face the Instagram hack or whatever it, that is in your life, let the confession of your mouth be, Father, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust your wages. I will not mock you with my lack of trust. You're the trustworthy one. Amen? So be blessed with peace that passes your understanding, which passes your ability to understand. May you be blessed with the joy of the Lord so that you can be strengthened. And may the confession of your mouth be that Jesus is Lord and I trust in Him. Amen? Two things. Tonight at 6.30, we will actually have hymnals out for you. Uh, we've got... Uh, so. Jeff Seely and Renee are going to be leading us. Um, and Jeff, when I was a kid in this very building, he was our key piano player and uh, just an amazing man of God. And, and so if there's a special hymn, you can flip it open and there'll be a time where you shout out. Go ahead, somebody shout out a number. 254. 254. <clears throat> Everybody will be happy over there. Never heard of it before. But Jeff says he can do it. Doesn't matter. So come tonight at 6.30. On your way out, if you want to support the youth group and their, and their youth, uh, summer, not summer camp, winter camp, youth conference, buy some baked goods. We'll also have them out tonight. God bless you. Enjoy the sunny days of October. All right. Blessings. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.